You're listening to the Spandex Power Armor Podcast. The only thing to fear is fear itself, and fear itself fears Redman. Hello and welcome to the Spandex Power Armor Podcast. I'm Carmen Ranger, and with me as always is Hypnopotamus Rex. This cast is brought to you by TokuToyStore.com, when you want to fill your house with cute armors. Alongside magical space orbs, they're also selling Genesis medals from Zhuoja. I just want to have them in my wallet, you know, and just kind of, uh, when I'm buying something, just kind of slide it across the counter and say, give the change. Well, owing to the value of the things, they're still worth more than the pound after Brexit. <laughs> Oi. Oi. <laughs> Topical. It's not relatively topical. It's going to remain topical for the next five years. <laughs> I suppose. After the inevitable wars and Toku Toy Store builds upon the ashes. It'll be our uh, capitalist empire now. Before we start discussing Tokusatsu in earnest, I'd love to give a shout out to Boynton, Virginia. Those people seem to enjoy our show, or it's just one person. As since it's a small town, nearly 4% of the population have listened to our podcast. Yeah, weird, like a bunch of our viewers have come from this one little town in Virginia. Not that I'm complaining, but but why? Well, there's no problem with that. It could be our new Israel. We'll move into there, claim it as our new Nerdland. That would be fantastic. We shall build our kingdom upon that soil. Keep listening, Boyton. You're fabulous. Someday I'll become Spandex Town. Spandex Town, Virginia. It's got a nice ring to it. Works for me. So, one of the uh, hottest pieces of news so far is is the uh, season two trailer for Amazons. Oh yes, you just showed me this. Dear lordy, is it gory? Oh, absolutely. I think it might be gorier than season one was. I've seen a few season one clips, but holy cow, there right. is blood everywhere. Before, they kind of kept blood seeming kind of kind of like a dark red, almost brownish, but this time they're going straight for it. They're making an adult Splatoon. <laughs> oh man, I, uh, I'm really looking forward to this. I loved Amazons, and season two looks like it's going to be just as good. We've got a, a new cast coming in, so we've got um, Amazon Neo, which I... I think I read somewhere he's based on like a, a bird fish thing. So kind of going for the Chimera design that ah. the original Amazon had because he's like this weird, uh, like a monitor lizard, anglerfish lizard thing. Yeah, the, Amazon was a, a weird rider. Yeah, we've got um, you know, grasshopper, grasshopper, dragonfly, yeah, grasshopper, grasshopper, rhino beetle, weird lizard man. This is the longest O's combo I've heard of. <laughs> I'm thinking the new design for the cyborg looking bloke. That yeah. looks so cool. And they all seem to have like a weird cyborg thing because um, Neo has that metal thing going on. And we've seen pictures of um, Omega with like a new design. Kind of looks like the old uh, domesticated version. He's got like a weird kind of bork things around his face, on his chest. I never really liked the design for Omega. It just didn't look natural enough. Well, I mean, that was more like he was kind of a... Are you talking about like Omega domesticated or Yeah, Omega? domesticated Omega. Well, that, that's the point. He's more of a kind of refined, more kind of honed, whereas his um, for his default form without the uh, the armlet and um, Alpha's form is more kind of Where's wild. Where's the mouth, though? Where is the mouth? Where is the mouth? Where is mouth? Where is mouth? But what about Sigma? Sigma still had a mouth. Yeah, he wasn't. He didn't have a domesticated version. He was just. He was like um, Alpha and Omega's default form. Does domesticated Omega speak, or is it just? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, your <laughs> Get out of here, Master Rider. Oh. <laughs> so season one had this kind of underlying theme of um, domestication versus feralness. So there was a constant kind of comparison between Alpha being the more wild of the two and Omega being, of course, the domesticated one of the two based on their, uh, their home environments. Alpha is very much kind of a off-the-cuff, kind of spontaneous doing his own thing. Alpha is, uh, Omega is a lot more reticent and kind of unsure of him. Hashtag himself. whipped. But uh, this one, they've said they're going for a, a theme of boys versus girls, 
which seems a bit weird since this isn't a, a school sports day event. Ooh, we're going to get some female Amazons then. Oh yeah, we do have a female Amazon. I think I read she was like crow themed or bird themed, something like that. Oh, now this is that's cool. We mm. were talking about wanting more female riders. Yeah, she is a um, in the uh, bio, in the write up they gave us. She was like a like a victim of an Amazon, and she was kind of brought back as like a living weapon. Or something Ooh. like that. That could be really cool. But I've seen a lot of people being concerned that since this is a, um, a boys versus girls theme and it, yeah, it's going to be made by the Japanese, whether or how quote unquote sexist it's going to be. Oh, we're going to get pantsu everywhere. It's, it's going to be worse. It's not the 90s anymore. We don't do that on TV too much. That's oh. just one of those weird channels. Hallelujah. I'm loving the belt designs for this because it's a lot more oh, Neo Heisei yeah. but not gimmicky. Mm, yeah, I did like the um, the original one from season one where it looked very much like Amazon's belt. Funnily enough, though, I mean, Amazon didn't even use a belt to transform. It was the uh, GG armlet. Yeah, but still, I love it because it looks a bit like the Lost Driver from Kamen Rider yeah, Double. Yeah, because it's got like, something you slot in on one side and then you slide it in, that kind of thing. It, yeah, it's an interesting design. I like how it's kind of like a, an eye thing. I wonder how that's going to come into play. So another interesting point for Amazon Season 2 is that the, uh, the ending theme is going to be called Die Set Down. Which is an interesting pun on Amazon's finisher, which is Dicetodan. Well, it's quite refreshing since in the first season it was just puns on the word Amazon. Yeah, yeah, the first one was called Amazon. At, at this point, it's just getting really cringy. I don't know, it, it was cute. I'm looking forward to hearing it. I really liked uh, Amazon, actually. Japan's just that one friend that keeps making puns every day. I'm Japan? Get out. Get out, <laughs> Japan. Oh. Get, get your hands away from China. Go. Go. Hi. Take your cartoons with you. Other than that, we haven't had that much about, uh, about Amazon Season 2, but it's coming next month, so I'm very I'm looking forward to seeing it. Catching up on some older news down in Korea Way, there is Power Rangers Dino Force Brave. Essentially, following on what they did from their adaptation of Kyoyuja, they decided to film their own footage a la Zoo 2, including it being the only series so far with a fully Korean cast. Does that make it um, Cure 2? Oh, cure you too. Juden Sentai, cure Tuja. This this is why we can't have nice things, Ranger. I really like the uh, the redesigns they're doing for it. I, I like the mech redesigns, like um, their version of Gabutira now has a minigun on not only his dino head, but also on the uh, the Megazord head as well. Because, of course, we need, we need two Gatling guns. This is Korean creativity. Their solution to everything is just to strap more guns onto it. This level of originality hasn't been seen since Paul Gasari. <laughs> well, I mean, that's how they solved their uh, border with North Korea. They just strapped smart Gatling guns on the border and just set them off. That's the only way you can fend off Paul Gasari. You've got a team <laughs> of teenagers. With attitude. Yeah, and a Gatling gun Tyrannosaurus. Yeah, I do. I don't know. I, I like the uh, the redesigns they've done. It's... They're faithful enough to the um, aesthetic of Kyoryuja for me to think that, yeah, yeah, this could be uh, this could be made by Toei, sure. And um, I think they're really good. I like the way the, the Megazord looks. It's, it's interesting. I'll be interested to see it, if someone does sub it, to see um, how they explain Torin coming back, because he's in the uh, the opening along with Candelera and Lokuro. I'm just happy that they got gold suit right, unlike Saban. <laughs> oh, no, it's, um, it's Dino Charge Beige. I love that. Because in Dino Charge, there were the most discrepancies between stock footage, like worse than G-Ranger. Mm. If not just for the costumes, then by the environments, the backgrounds. <laughs> in Power Rangers Samurai, they actually shot footage in Japan. With Dino Charge, it's like, yeah, wherever. Yeah, New Zealand works. Encounter what? a few hobbits. One thing that bothers me about it is the, the cast, though. I think that really lets it down, because um, apparently they're all, uh, the cast, or at least the Rangers, are a bunch of... Um, 
former or current uh, K-pop stars or members of K-pop groups. And they've all got the same kind of generically pretty face. And it's just, it's really annoying because there's no kind of diversity among them except for hairstyles and hair colour and one of them's a girl. That's what the corporations do. They want the squeaky clean sterile thing. It's like what YouTube's trying to do with monetized videos. <laughs> they don't want down dirty conspiracy theorists. No, they just want the ones that look like they're straight out of We Will Rock You. Damn it, I want my Alex Jones Ranger. Oh, it'll be interesting to see if they uh, do anything with uh, Curious Cyan, you know, just uh, if they will do anything with Curious Cyan. Well, this, this brings me to a problem I've been having with a lot of uh, more recent talkers that they're always getting the same kind of pretty actors for them. And I, um, yeah, give us more ones like Ramirez just every so often, just someone who's who looks different enough to be, you know, to stand out more. White guy. <laughs> well, I mean, that too, but no, just someone who's, uh, I don't know, just someone with facial hair at least. Come on. Just bring in the occasional black guy as a cameo. I swear, they only have like 15 black people and they can only uh, use them sparingly, otherwise we'll see the same ones recycled. Well, yeah, and they're always doing the villain roles in Kamen Rider, every now and then. Oh yeah, you're right. Maybe Tumblr should be complaining about Japan, not uh, not the US. Yeah, but Japan isn't majority white, and everyone knows white people are the devil. Ah, of course, the white devil. On my commute to get here, I killed, like, 50 immigrants. And then... you, you only killed them? Well... You're letting the side down. I know, what I really should have done was stab them with my bayonet and let the tea bags fall out. Absolutely. I can't believe you're my co-host. I know, I, I need to buy more slaves. <laughs> But yeah, it's uh, at least at least bring Richard Brown back, guys. Come on. Oh, he was the best auxiliary ranger. I I wish he'd come back in like a like a crossover movie or something like that. And he's like a full-on ranger now. Like he stood it for years to engineer his own suit or something like that. I'm waiting for the inevitable Shinken Brown and Zero Human team up movie. <laughs> yes, this is a thing we need. Oh, does that mean that um, Abare Pink will uh, be their female ranger? Oh yeah, don't forget the one from Gobusters. <laughs> They'll fight over the role. <laughs> Man, I don't want to sound like Tumblr, but we definitely need more diversity in uh, Taku roles now. Not in a kind of, you know, bring more other kins into it. What I mean is, people who look not the same kind of mould as each other, you know? Not like, generic pretty boy number five. I mean, not that I mind, it's just boring when they're all the same. A masculine rider every now and then would be nice. Absolutely, just bring someone back who looks like Hiroshi Fujioka. I mean, yeah, young Hiroshi Fujioka. Just need a grown man. I mean, there was a Kiridate, but... Yes, but even then, he didn't have that much of a beard, though. I mean, it's like they have, like, this uh, law that, no, you, you, your beard can only be so big. Oh, no, actually, the Japanese run on a shared ration of facial hair. <laughs> they can only take a bit from the pool to grow it. Is that like the conservation of ninjutsu that kind of functions uh, with the uh, the mooks in these shows? Yeah. The more uh, the more the villains have, the more it's shared out and the weaker the individual members are. But because the heroes are always fewer, they have comparatively more fighting power to work with. That's correct. In the same way, the smaller the beard the Japanese person has, the stronger he is. <laughs> Those wise old men with the massive bushy ones, surprisingly weak in combat. They're moving on on a uh, semi-connected note. We have the uh, the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers movie, which of which a clip was recently aired on YouTube. I hate it. Rex loves it. Okay, so let me get this straight. I don't see it as Power Rangers. So, okay, you got the team of squeaky clean, or semi-squeaky clean, more like trying too hard to be Twilight teenagers, going into big-ass alien thing, everything changes, you got the walls changing and stuff, looks more like a halo map than anything else, a halo map crossed with a Rubik's Cube on steroids, and there's a last minute flash of Alpha 5, and of course Alpha 5 looks hideous. It looks like a scene from a horror movie where he's dragging one of the rangers out of sight, you know, it's, it's like something out of Alien. Ah, uh, true, but I've only just seen a few trailers today, and 
I am actually looking forward to it. Get out. No, 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 again, I don't look at it as Power Rangers. It's your typical DC-style superhero film, just relatively better. Get thee behind me, Rex. Using the elements from Power Rangers. It looks fun. It looks, it's a bit like Sam Raimi's Spider-Man, because you see them having to come to terms with their powers. Yeah, they did that in Chronicle, and that wasn't particularly fun to watch. I mean, it was good, but it wasn't fun. Well, you'd have to expect them to break the fourth wall a little bit, because it's been so long, it's an old trope. I don't mind fourth wall breaking a bit, you know, I mean, they did that to Q-Ranger, which we'll get to. With this, it just strikes me as being, taking itself a bit too seriously. I mean, it... It looks like Chronicle, but with suits. I mean, Hex, Mac, Max Landis even said, Oi, Mush, that's a, looks a bit like Chronicle. And coincidentally, he also wrote a draft for the script that's uh, floating around out there if you guys want to go check it out. Fair enough. I love the design for Zordon. I'm sorry, it's great! Uh, it's not It's not the worst thing about it, I will say. I just, I don't like, it looks like one of those pin boxes. He looks like they got Brian Cranston stuck his head in the pin box and said, yeah. Yeah, that'll do. Well, it's better than floating bald man ahead who's constantly duck-facing instead of moving his lips. It just bothers me that Zordon looks like Brian Cranston, you know? I mean, of course they're going to because he's a big name now, but I, I liked how most designs of Zordon have him kind of looking a bit more obscured so you can't exactly oh, see what his face yeah, looks ambiguous. like. Yeah, like in the original show, he's kind of all... It's like they put, like, Vaseline on the lens. In the... Uh, he was more clear in the, um, in the uh, 90s movie... But like in the comics, it's always kind of like a, like the eyes and mouth, like a hole and stuff like that. It's all kind of blurry and ooh, you can't see him. It's John Cena. <laughs> that would have been a nice idea, but I just like the way that he's integrated with the structure. Like I said, it's not the worst thing about it. If, if the rest of the movie was good, I'd probably be on board with that. It's just that everything that I don't like about these trailers and clips coalesces and uh, sours everything else about it that I might have liked. I'm just a bitter, hateful person and nothing in this life gives me any joy anymore. You just need to shed the thing that's called good taste and, and just enjoy everything. Laugh. I already watched Kamen Rider and Super Sentai. Do you, do you think I have good taste? And I, I just don't like the aesthetic of this movie. It's especially the suits. I mean, of course, we haven't seen the film. We can't pass absolute judgment on it. When it comes out later this month, I might go see it and find out that Oh, hey, this is really good. Hey, that's pretty good. But I hope, I hope that's how I feel. I just don't think I will because there's so much in these trailers that makes me think, ah, it looks a bit, looks a bit too edgy for me. Like the yellow range is all kind of standoffish and all kind of, just kind of smart ass. Um, they've got this thing like, uh, I think Zach or Billy are going to have like this complicated home life, something like that. I just don't like it. Ah, no, it's especially the suits. I've, uh, You've got to make it a bit gritty, though, because in the 90s version, it was just, okay, here's this, because it's a kid's show. Yeah, and that's what made it fun. Because it's, it's a kid's show. For this, it's like it's a movie that's got to also appeal to adults and also has to have some quality of writing. Yeah, but... Because these aren't your usual squeaky clean, great, perfect teenagers. They're established early on that they're, like, outcasts, even though they look perfect. Yeah, actually, that always bothered me with these kind of films, like Twilight or something like that, where these uh, kids are meant to be outcasts, like Bella or... Yeah, these kids. Except that these people are the, you know, most Abercrombie and Fitch-looking assholes that you'll ever find. You know, these people would be worshipped as, like, the uh, queen bees of the uh, of the school. I mean, unless they're absolute, you know, spaghetti-dropping idiots out there. Ah, uh, the joys of Hollywood. But no, it's just... And the suits. I found this really great edit of these suits, where they kind of edit in elements of the original helmets and make all the grey bits on the suit white and make the chest thing white, I think, as well. And it looks a lot better especially from a distance because it kind of matches, you know, kind of, not out outline, but you know what I mean. Just like the basic look. It looks good. So these suits aren't unsalvageable. To those people who have that much time on their hands, we salute you. 
<laughs> yeah, I'm, I mean, I, I don't think I'd have that much dedication to it, you know, despite running a podcast about these things. Oh, yeah, you'd expect people to have similar things, like photoshopping things, and like, oh, was it, like, with Sonic Boom? Maybe people would photoshop the arms tan or something. <laughs> yes, because we all know Sonic's arms are not blue. This brings me to another semi-related note. Another semi-related note. Rex, do you remember that, um kind of bootleg um, Power Rangers fan film, yeah, Power Slash Rangers. I can't remember it. Came out like a 2015, was it? And it's this edgy fan film where it's um, like the Rangers uh, are all disbanded. It's like a post-apocalyptic future run by Rita. Uh, like the Pink Rangers being, I was being in- interrogated about things. Uh, turns out Bulk and Skull killed uh, Jason like, after she got married to him, something like that. Wait, what? Yeah, right. Bulk and Skull! Legit murder, but they were like being. I think they were. Were they paid off by re- something like that? Why? So, yeah, right. So it's this really edgy. I mean, it's decently made for a fan, fan film. Don't get me wrong. It, it looks well made, but it's just really unnecessarily mean spirited and really misses what Power Rangers is about. But the man who made that is now working on a, uh, a gritty Netflix series for Castlevania, and he's been saying that. Oh yeah, and, you know the next thing I really want to make is like a. Like a, a gritty uh, Power Rangers Netflix film or uh, Netflix series, something like that. Don't let this man anywhere near anything officially Power Rangers, please. Nothing personnel, kid. It's edgy time. Stepping away from grittiness and the terrors of Hollywood, we are going back to Q Ranger. Episode 4 was released on Sunday and hey, it was fun. good. Yeah, I liked it. They visited Earth and they've got a lovely reason as to why they're going to stay there for the rest of the series. Oh, oh man. There's a lieutenant in every country. It is exactly what I feared. <laughs> They've run out of budget within three episodes. And they even refer- reference this in the show. They, um, they've introduced this little uh, little roulette wheel thing that they spin and it poops out um, like five um, chew timer for the different ranges that can go down in that episode. Well, that really, what, what that gets me is though, what are they going to do if they get like, um, if they get like Naga, um, Raptor, Champ and Garu? I mean, they haven't got lucky. They won't be able to form Kureno. They'll only have like the arms and legs. Well, yeah, wouldn't it be best just to keep that out yeah, there like, because they is need like the, the base? Yeah, Lucky is like the default. Yeah, he's always going. And then maybe they'll reference that later. I hope they do an episode where there's only limbs going down. They did explain it in a good way, though, with Raptor saying there's a limited amount of energy they have to share and conserve. So it's a bit like Mass Effect, really. Yeah, yeah we've got to think of that budget, boy. Is it me, or does the screen at the end of Q-Ranger look a bit like Mass Effect 2's character select screen? Oh yeah, with the, uh, the, the different um, rangers and the silhouettes and stuff like that, and it's, you can select which, which squad mate you want to take down and make friends with. Yeah, we just need to find out which one Lucky tries to bone. <laughs> Plot twist, it's all of them. At once. Talk about Lucky. Still, Dragon Pimp did seem to break the fourth wall with saying, Oh, why can't we do that? <clears throat> B- budget. We've got to think of the budget, boys. Go think of the budget constraints. <laughs> <laughs> and I do like that because, I mean, they're like a, uh, they're still a branch of the rebellion. They're not all of it. So, yeah, they probably have a budget to work with. Yeah. Dragon Pimp is interesting because they try to fit as many sphere puns as they can. You don't even need to speak Japanese to understand. Cause as, long as, you can time, hear, as long as you can hear him say Tama in a sentence, you know he's making a pun. You just need to facepalm regardless of language group. Take a drink every time he says Tama because he can tell us a pun. Uh, he's, he's a bit of a slime though, because especially when he's dealing with Raptor, he makes her feel so optimistic and stuff, and he's like, Hey, I need you to do an important thing on Earth. You need to get me some peaches. Get me peaches, and she just comes back with some canned ones out of spite. Going to the Earth, gonna eat a lot of peaches. Now, isn't it implied that he did that 
knowing that she'd become the Pink Ranger. Yeah, but maybe it's just a matter of probability. You know, talk about Lucky. He doesn't know what the hell's going on. He just seems to make good decisions. Everyone surrounding Lucky eventually becomes a uh, Q-Ranger. Hey, she's the only one here who isn't a Q-Ranger yet, apart from me. Let's send her down to Earth. Maybe she, maybe this episode she'll be a Ranger. Hey, I mean, Sparta had some development, even though he's a fairly bland character. Yeah, I, I actually quite like that. I wasn't expecting that. I was expecting Sparta to get the shaft in terms of characterization. Yeah, so it's like, okay, he's impatient and isn't too keen on people messing around. So that's it's an interesting thing for a Yellow. Yeah, yeah, very different um, thing, you know, from the uh, breaking from the mold of Yellows. You know, usually male Yellows are like the... Uh, appeal characters, the joke characters, and female ones are like the tomboys. This guy's kind of like a lesser version of Shinken Blue a bit. A bit. Shades a little bit, off. yeah. Because he's I don't know, it makes sense because he's a uh, like a master chef. You would expect him to kind of be a bit of a control freak, kind of likes things to be in order. But I do like uh, the amount of concern he has for Raptor. Oh, yes. Maybe a little bit overbearing until he kind of realises that she can hold her own. But it is nice to show that he has some concern for her above the others so hey they a lot of the thing they've been doing like with the um webisodes for the uh poses and stuff like that seems to be hinting at some kind of thing between him and raptor oh no not my waifu <laughs> i love raptor she's such a great character because she's more of a female blue than a pink and it reflects in her personality because she doesn't want to be the secretary slash pilot. She wants to be out there and do her thing yet she tries to pretend to be strict mm. all the time yeah, it's uh, well, it's some pretty complicated programming going into a uh, like a pilot slash secretary AI, you know. They put that much effort into a personality. They could have made a skirt a bit longer, though. Right, it's it's weird. I mean, it's just I mean, you know, panty shots have always been a thing in uh, in Super Sentai, but not this much. I mean, it wouldn't have cost that much to kind of made it get a couple of inches longer or a little bit more floppy, so it covers up a robo pantsu a bit more. Yeah, I mean, when I'm watching Toku, the last thing I want to see is robot ass. <laughs> Bender, no. <laughs> no, it's it's funny because when as soon as she morphs into um, the Pink Ranger, she kind of tugged on her skirt a bit, like finally my skirt covers me. <laughs> her reveal was a very good one, I find. They put a lot of effort into the special effects for it, and hey, yes. she's got wings. I do like her little daydream sequence as well. It's kind of sweet. Oh yeah, and the little drawings. I'm very disappointed that there were no electric sheep in there, though. Oh, yeah, because the title was the, the what, the Dreaming Android? Yeah, something like Daydreaming Android. Something oh, like that. it was it was good. Aside from being set on Earth, this is probably my favourite episode so far, because it's got some great characterization, and Lucky only says Lucky four times. Yeah, I'm going to count this every time. Now, we're going to have an official Lucky count. This Lucky <laughs> count is four. They've really put little effort into this one. It annoys me that Lucky seems to be kind of shoehorned into everyone's um, characterization episode. I mean, I get that he's uh, the series Commander Shepard. He has to be there for all their loyalty missions. But it still bugs me because she'd been Sparta kind of coming to terms with the fact that, hey, you know, she can be a ranger. Let's let's do that. And it was, but not as prominently as I would have liked. Yeah, he's seen more as a catalyst for it. They just stick him in to say, okay, guys, you need to develop, do that. They introduced a lot of merchandise into this one, especially with the annoying, <laughs> like with the culette. It's like, okay, yeah. here's a roulette wheel. You turn this and I mean, you looking at, looking, at the kind of, looking at the kind of plastic it's built out of, that's going to be a toy, you know? That's coming out like in a month's time or so. Oh, yeah, it's like a common Rider wizard where it's like, hey, look, here's a chest where you can stick your rings. Ooh. Yeah, like the chest that had in Go Kart, which eventually got released as a, uh, like a collectible thing you can get and chuck all your Ranger keys in. That's just so disordered. I hated the look of that. I mean, one of the good things that um, Super Mega Force had was that little shell around the outside of the uh, command center with all the ranger keys kind of balanced precariously on. I mean, that's the only good thing in there, but it's better than just shoving them in a box. We also had that uh, cool belt that dispenses them. Yeah, and much like the uh, the Q-Ranger's belt in this one, they 
pop a button and the little uh, little ball comes out. I think that's a good idea because they don't really want to say, "Oh, look, here's Raptor dropping from orbit again." That was pretty cool. Uh, pretty cool scene, though, you know. It's an interesting way to sell the thing. You can tell that American merchandising is having a good impact. Absolutely. There's also like another weapon for Raptor, how she had a little bang-bang thing. <laughs> yeah, that really annoyed me because um, yeah, the team weapons are... Um, I do like how it's like the same basing and they add the little additions to it to make it their own thing, like Gyro's is on the front and the axe things fold up and makes it like a claw. Stinger has a uh, like a spear, flips out the bit for the rapier and adds like a, a, the blade bit. It's cool. But Raptor's isn't any of that. It's just the base. And oh, Oh, look, it looks like a gun. Bang, bang, bang. Bang, bang, shooting. Yeah. Don't, don't, don't bring x up. How dare you ruin things for us. I'd just like to see you suffer like I do. But uh, so far, I think, like I said, this is probably my favourite episode so far. Our next episode looks like Stinger is joining the crew, finally. Ah, uh, finally. I'm glad they were keeping the whole antagonist ranger away from that sort of thing. Yeah, I don't mind, like, it'll be kind of weird if like they all jumped at the opportunity, like, yes, we will join your, uh, your Mass Effect crew, Commander Shepard, I mean... Lucky. Commander Lucky. But I didn't want it drawn out too long, and a couple of episodes seems about right. We want them to be nine rangers, you know, for the majority of the uh, their run. I can't wait until we get the Cyan Ranger. It's going to be Q Manlet. <laughs> yeah, because he can transition between, what is it, Ursa Major and Ursa Minor or something like that. Like, he's got little scarf and mittens in his uh, little mode, and like uh, looks like a bear in his older, taller mode. That's positively adorable. Kind of raises the question, though. Where does the mass go like when he shrinks down energy it's like in star trek matter and energy are just converted oh well i guess i could accept that Woo, science so we can hand wave it around with the techno babble of another show the set designs for this episode weren't that bad actually because they just showed it as various backdrops you got earth which for some reason looks like present day coventry with how <laughs> decrepit it looks they added vines on everything they still had the great big drilling towers and they obviously put effort into it to make it look post-apocalyptic they had streets with cars littered everywhere and overall they put effort into it despite it being based on earth solely for budget reasons oh yeah much like the rest of q ranger they tried this time i mean it's good i do appreciate the effort they've been putting in they could have just said eh whatever present day earth it's fine was there even a snack safari reference where they were in that cafe having curry? Yes, it's got the uh, snack safari thing. I think it, they've changed the name a little bit, but it does have safari in it. And it's yeah. the same kind of sandwich board outside as was in Snack Safari in Go Kaija. Oh. Yeah, a really nice little reference. It isn't even an anniversary show. I really appreciate that stuff. Did you know that Japanese curry isn't that spicy? Oh, yeah. No, Bunch I've of casuals. Yeah. Well, it's like our curries. I mean, most of the curry we eat in England isn't actually from anywhere else but England. It's all English inventions. Yeah, we take things from other cultures and make them pretty cool. It's like yeah. America does with the sandwich. Well, like a European version of Japan, they just take everything from America and make everything weird. Like baseball. We're going to have a baseball ranger, actually. We were with, um, what was it, Dynaman? Yeah. That's weird. And since the monsters of the week in this show are the lieutenants, the one in this one is interesting because he has an ability to eat the dreams of children. It's like Michael Gove rose to power. And so he's presented as something of a man-child, that sort of thing. He doesn't die at the end of the episode, he escapes, which means yeah. they're going to reuse the suit again. Oh boy, you got to watch out for that budget. And one interesting thing which I think they're going to do is twice now... They've had the buildings transform into mecha, which are piloted in one case by Mook and in this case by the Lieutenant. Yeah, that um, definitely means they can reuse suits and, you know, both the uh, Monsters of the Week Lieutenant suit and the, uh, the weird transforming mecha suit as well. You can tell they're trying to save money, but they're doing it well. They're putting effort into yes. the story. It's going to be like Zhuoja. Yeah, except this time it isn't as glaring as Bungalow re uh, recycling monsters from previous episodes. God, I think that went on for like 12 episodes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong, I don't mind. It's pretty something I would do if 
why we're running this show. But at the same time, as a consumer, I can point it out and criticise it. The joys of grown men watching a children's series. And the less about Hammy, the better, for, for a while. Yeah, she did not do anything this episode, did she? She was just there. Hey guys, re- remember me? I'm also here. I just want to see more stuff done with Naga, because I've yeah. been binge-watching Star Trek The Next Generation, and I just want I just want Japanese data. Yeah, it's like a less serious Japanese data. It's great. I like how he kind of mixes up emotions or kind of tries to emulate them and doesn't do it quite well or picks the wrong one. Yeah, I think he was trying to pretend to be frustrated and end up grinning like an idiot. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it's great that he's kind of balanced out by balance. Who is a uh, techno organic thing? Who also has who has emotions and he does. It's it's an interesting little thing. Stop looking at me like that. That was a great joke. That was a terrible pun. I love it. Your puns are worse than dragon pimps. I love it when they do things together because you've got the psyker and the machine empath doing things. Yeah. They're a duo that will definitely be doing things together because they're like alone in the Orion doing their thing and they're gonna have more stuff together than the rest of the crew. So that's current events set aside. That's Q Ranger watched waiting until next Sunday. Oh boy. Spandex day for me. Spandex day. The day when you dress yourself in skin-tight materials and... Watch other men in skin-tight materials wrestle with each other. And set yourself on fire in celebration. <laughs> Jump off buildings with fireworks attached to me. It may seem odd to you guys, but it's the spandex power armor way. We need to talk more about kaiju things. Remember mm. Red Man? One man, two man, red man, blue man. I love me some red man. It's like watching a snuff film without all the guilt. Exactly. To the uninitiated, it's technically part of the Ultraman canon, but it's about a serial killer who stalks <laughs> monsters in his van. On paper, he's meant to be a hero, not unlike the original Ultraman, who bonds with a, uh, a police officer and defends the Earth against uh, giant monsters. In actuality, though, it's about... Oh, man. How, how to explain Redman to those who do not know? He is... Imagine the Punisher, but with no redeeming features. An absolute psychopath who stalks not those who deserve it, but anyone who looks like they should deserve it. Anyone who looks like a monster, they're fair game for Redman. He will stalk them through the forest or through the quarry and hunt them down and beat them to death mercilessly. And I mean beat. He will punch them repeatedly in the face until they die. For a bit of context, this was aired in the 70s on a children's variety program as a bit of a time filler, Hmm. and because of the budgets, instead of going for the giant man in city doing things, they just filmed it in a quarry with cheap monster suits, and the violence violence was just over the top. There weren't any special (laughs) effects. It was just him hunting people, punching them, stalking them, stabbing them in the face. Absolutely, yeah. He um, has like a... His weapons are like a knife and a uh, like a spear. With a great big cross on it. The guy is yeah. doing hate crimes. <laughs> He's like a super Templar, you know? Deus Vult. And the monsters aren't actually doing anything. They're just walking around. You see some running in fear from them. Absolutely. The, uh, the one with Gamora in. Gamora is literally... It starts off with Gamora running through the quarry, looking behind him to check and see a red man still there, running and then seeing that red man has somehow teleported in front of him and then runs back in terror. I think at one episode there's Jurassic and Alien Bolton just playing and he comes in and kills them. And the van- By the Space Pope! Deus Vault! <laughs> and in one scene there was a van visible in the background. Yeah! And so obviously he fills the thing with monster corpses. Uh, that's, that's what he does. He kidnaps monsters, lets them loose in a. Um, yeah, drives into a quarry in his van, lets them loose and stalks them. He's like, a, like an even more evil alien Craven the Hunter. Actually, I know where he fits in with the Ultra Cannon. You know the monster graveyard in the movies? <laughs> He is, like, the one who torments them. He's even more evil than Ultraman Belial. Yeah, he's a demon. These pe- these monsters are finally released from it by Belial, and they're happy because they don't have to deal with the Red Man, because they're stalked eternally <laughs> by him. 
because he is technically part of Ultra Canon now, and he's and there's even a rumor there has uh, been teases out that he's getting a, uh, a figure art release, which I yeah, you can bet that I'm going to snap that up straight away. I need that. But he has appeared in several uh, live shows along with uh, Fireman. I like to think that he's an Ultra that has been kind of banished, kind of Belial or Zero style. So like he tried to do something or he was too violent, and you know uh, Father Ultra is like you know out, be gone, evil. And he's just taken it upon himself to stalk and hunt innocent monsters to sate his bloodlust. That's why it's called Red Man. He was originally White Man. <laughs> just... well, that plays into the whole Deus Vault thing even more. Oh god, he's just playing Grand Theft Auto in real life. <laughs> Man, I would love a Red Man game where it's literally just you hunting down monsters and killing them. That'd make a great um, side-scrolling beat-up mobile game, actually. Nobody steal our idea. We were copywriting that, so Brian, we're gonna be, uh, we're gonna be the new Chiao now. We own Red Man. After Red Man's violent rule was stopped, the slot was later replaced by something by Toho. We later had Go Godman, followed hmm. by Go Green Man. Now, I am not familiar with these at all. Uh, Rex is more familiar with them. I've checked them out. Isn't uh, Godman the one with like, the white hair and stuff like that? Yeah, pretty much. Weird. I, I've never, it's always been weird when like a, like a, a Taku hero has like fur or anything like that. Like, uh, like Ultraman King's kind of mink-trimmed uh, cuffs and stuff like that. I think it was also mentioned in Akiba Ranger because they had their Ultraman parody with hair. Oh, yeah. But essentially, Godman and Greenman, it's Redman, but with a budget and with <laughs> actual Toho suits. Like, they even use Minya's suit. Fine, we can get Seed killed. Yeah, he kills Minilla. Well, well a dark version, which is some <laughs> You were implying toss. that Minilla wasn't already dark. Yeah. But they do use the actual suits. I think Gorosaurus was in there. They use the King oh, Kong nice. suits. And they also use Gabara. Oh, finally, we can see Gabra getting the punishment he deserves. I love him, but, oh man, he is just... He's like that kid at school that just does nothing but wind everyone up. My, my Gabra brings up a lot of uncomfortable memories for me. It's surprising because the original suit was based on a modified Godzilla one, and they used the same suit, but the hair's fallen out. So he looks more like Wait, an Gabra. Oni. Yeah. Really? Gabra, yeah. Huh. He's just, he looks hairless and weird. He looks a bit like <laughs> depictions of King Cooper. So it's after the um, chemotherapy then. Oh, that is... Actually, uh, <laughs> in this case, it makes Godman really, really cruel. <laughs> no, no, it's, it's a mercy killing. He's, he's one of the doctors, and this is just how, uh, in his um, chemically-induced delirium, this is just how Gabra sees it. So they're, either, so they're either killed by Redman, or they suffer for long periods of time, and Godman puts them down. <laughs> Pretty much. This is now canon. As we are now the note in the new Chio, this is what we have decreed. Yeah, well, and, and in Godman and Greenman, they had an actual plot. But is this like a plot in the sense that uh, Redman had a backstory and that it's, we just never see it? Yeah, but it's more heavily established and they right. put effort into it. There is so much more effort in Godman and Greenman. So in those two shows, is it a similar length to Redman, like five episodes, five uh, minute long episodes, rather? It's a very similar length, but there's a weird difference in the quality of the costumes. You like can they put tell... more effort into it. Oh yeah, you can tell which ones they used in the film, but some of them just look so half-assed. Oh, One of them looks like a foreskin draped over a goat skeleton. I'm not making it up, it looks that bad. There are good ones, and then there are just ones that are pants. Yeah, well, I mean, I suppose it's kind of hit and miss, depending on what you spend the budget on. The, these, are, these are blobs. So they can't be any worse than the one from the ones from Red Man. Oh, those were great. They even made their own giraffe suit that looked terrible. Oh man! Well, the original giraffe suit didn't look that great. 
They look a bit like knockoff action figures that you buy at Poundland that are very poorly moulded. They do, like uh, like Baltan. Their Baltan, like his uh, claws, are just they're just like blobs. They're just kind of these. Yeah. I mean, you can tell what they're meant to be, but they don't move, and they're not as kind of pointy as Baltans were. What if Red Man is just the ashens of Kaiju, and he's just exerting his <laughs> rage on them? <laughs> it's, no, it's just Ashen's um, fantasy when he's just putting the uh, the knockoff toys in the bin. Just imagine how he'd kill them. I want to send that man a bunch of Ultra stuff now. <laughs> oh, what was that uh, double, uh, Kamen Rider double knockoff oh, thing? Oh, he actually Bandai. reviewed one of those. Did he? Oh, yeah, yeah he saw the video. Yeah. Uh, what was it, Alien Warrior or something like yeah. that? He only briefly looked at it because he didn't get the reference because, ah. obviously, he's not that much of a massive Spurg like us. <laughs> we will become the Ashens of Taku. I'd actually really like to see like a video review on some... Uh, Really cheap, nasty knockoff Taku stuff, you know. Oh, oh, we could definitely do that. We just need to get a camera. Like, like and... the um, like the uh, Tai Chiao uh, Ultraman live shows. Oh, look, I've got a real thing for Chiao at the moment. Okay, don't my don't, rage. Don't harsh his mellow. Don't. <laughs> oh, don't actually don't don't mellow his harsh. So, uh, in a future episode, I really want to do like a whole episode on this whole weird legal dispute between. Uh, to Briar and Chaya because it really gets my goat because you can only get because of it now you can only get um, the uh, first three Ultra things Ultra Q Ultraman and Ultra 7 and even then they're not the best quality because it's distributed by Chaya and they don't have the masters really? yeah I mean I've got the Ultraman uh, box set and it's it's not bad but it's not as good as it could be that's quite depressing yeah that's why if you look on Crunchyroll you can only get uh, shows from Leo onwards because up until then Chayo maintains that they own the rights to them the distribution rights everywhere else but Japan that is that's really funky mm. yeah based on a, uh, a semi-formal contract that Chayo maintains that um, Eiji Subraya's son signed for a monetary loan in return they give them distribution rights despite the fact that Subraya contests this con- uh, constantly the funny thing is, the only people who win from this is like the team of lawyers both um, companies maintain constantly to uh, keep this battle going. I think the money they've spent on this would allow them to build actual mecha to fight over it. Absolutely, they spent what must be billions and billions on this, because it's been going for ages, for decades. Wow. Yeah. So it really gets my gut that I can't buy um, Taro on DVD or something like that, because I love that show. I miss it when Toho used to make a bunch of monster takazatsu. I mean, they're doing something oh, yeah. with Grand Caesars, but... Yeah, I really want to watch that, actually. I'll, I'll check and see who else but uh, TVN have subbed it. I like how in the US, anything based on the Power Rangers thing is an instant lawsuit from Saban. Oh, but in Japan, yeah. it's its own genre. Oh yeah, like uh, that thing with Final Fantasy XV. Like, uh, you could get like, uh, suits for the uh, characters in that. They were all kind of color-coded and they looked like a Sentai. And Saban just shut that stuff down, like, no! I own people in colourful spandex, it's me, not, you know, not Ishinomo um, Productions, no, it's me. They're like a 1990s bad guy. Yes, they are! Ironically, they would destroy the community centre and juice bar the Power Rangers would use to build something. Yeah, it's, it's ironic. Eventually you uh, either die here or live long enough to see yourself become Saban. Did you ever see Chroma Squad? That was an indie game where you kind of had to run your own um, oh, yes. Taku show. And you had like budget and stuff like that. And you could even get like a Kamen Rider character in as like a team up thing, that kind of thing. But Saban, as soon as they caught wind, like, <laughs> what's that? Something Taku inspired? No, there's money to be made, boys. And they uh, filed a lawsuit against them. And I think they had to settle for like uh, giving Saban a credit in that, despite the fact what? that it was inspired by Japanese stuff. It is mental, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm. I'm yeah, yeah. Thank you, Saban, for Power Rangers. But you didn't invent this stuff, dude. This, this is not yours. It's more like it's a, a loan. You know, you you borrowed the concept. 
Yeah, it's not like we invented podcasting. We yes, we did. We'll sue everyone who says otherwise. Yes, yeah, so podcasting is our thing now. If you're doing it, watch out for our lawyers. Talking on the internet, ooh, you'll get in a lawsuit. What's that? Reacting to things on the internet? Oh boy, we react in a way. Fine brothers, we're coming for you. <laughs> Spandex power armor, sue everybody. The movie. <laughs> on the subject of ultras. Uh, so one thing that's always bothered me is how loads of people are related to mother and father of Ultra. It was fun at first, but then after a while it just kind of gets a bit weird. It's like mother and father of Ultra are married, of course, and Taro is their son. But then uh, father of Ultra adopts Ultraman Ace. Uh, Seven is uh, mother's nephew. Uh, Jack is her brother-in-law. It's just kind of weird. So they're all related in some terrifying way. Well, no, but like a, a lot of them are. They're more related than you would think, which is kind of weird. Like the fact that they have families at all kind of weirds me out a bit because it's not what you'd expect. If anything, that screams nepotism. Hey, yeah, you're right. Like it's serious... funny how it's funny how Taro was meant to be the most powerful ultra to begin with, and there he's their son. And then like Zero's come along, and now he's got like unlimited potential, and he's their nephew, you know, or grand nephew, whatever. Kind of weird. It's a bit corrupt. Makes you think, doesn't it? Ooh, maybe some ultras are better than others. Are there ultra race wars? Do the reds and the blues get a <laughs> race war now? Race war now. Can you imagine that though? Like an ultra race war, <laughs> oh, man. just set on the land of light, and that would be just brutal. Blues versus reds. What happens with Zero though? Because he's blue and red. Yeah, I know. Like, screw all the edgy Power Rangers things, we're going to make an Ultra Race War. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad they've kind of introduced more about like the family dynamics, I mean, but the baby Ultras look weird. Are we talking about them in that little pod form? Yeah, or? like, is, is that like a, like a baby carrier they're in? Or is that like an egg? Is that them? Is that something they're in? What is it? Is it, it a cocoon? Is. Why? Just make a little baby. Just put a baby in, a, in an airtight latex suit. That'll do, right? Actually, that's how the Japanese reproduce. They just lay eggs. <laughs> they lay little cocoon eggs. That's why you never see a Japanese baby. Yeah, you're right. In all the Japanese media, those are actually Chinese babies because they don't want to reveal the secret. <laughs> they import them from China. Yeah. Now, I do like the movies where uh, a lot of it, or they, they just, a lot of it takes place on the land of light. You know, it's, uh, it's interesting. Like, I was watching Ultraman Story the, uh, earlier today. And it's very different from how it looks in um, the uh, Mega Monster war, um, Mega Monster movies, because in that it's like a um, interlocking, orbiting, floating continents around the Plasma Spark Tower. In this one, it looks like a set from Star Trek: The Original Series. Wow, really? Yeah, I mean, you can tell, like, you see, um, like, a city off in the distance with like what looks like the Plasma Spark Tower on it and stuff like that. And the rest of it's like these weird kind of glittery. It's like they made sand out of glass and kind of covered it with everything. Like, it look, it looks good. It looks like it's from Star, yeah, Star Trek. I never really like showing the Land of Light too much because I prefer the scale of the Ultras. So having them in a city. That is fine, because they're like in a human city or in a human environment. Right, but like their own city kind of makes them look a bit more mundane. Yeah, but... It's always, it's always weirded me out when they have like ultras on the home turf, but it still kind of makes these boom, boom noises when they yeah. move. Like, dude, we shouldn't be hearing this. We're, this is normal to them. We should just be hearing like, yeah, normal footsteps. I love the fight scenes in the Land of Light. Oh, yeah. It just looks so cool. And taking into account, they're moving so quickly, and they are that massive. Mm, like like uh, in uh, the first Mega Monster battle uh, movie, like where they're fighting on the side of the building against oh, Belial. That, that was beautiful. The special yeah. effects in that one were amazing. It's like a weird Japanese kind of fusion between like a Matrix movie in terms of fight scenes and um, a Rodriguez movie as well. 
Oh, yeah. Because I was raised originally off a lot of Toho and recently Toei stuff, and well, early Toho, and just seeing those special effects yeah. made me think, what the hell, Japan? That was amazing. Yeah, given that it was uh, made in like 2008 or so, that was really good for the time. That's like top-tier Japanese CGI. Take yeah. that, Matt Frank. I do love the uh, ultra lore. Ten- uh, yeah, you can pretty much put any ultra anything in front of it and it'll... There'll be something about it in the Ultra Wiki. Ultra Pants. They all wear Ultra Pants. Oh no, that brings me on to another thing. It's weird how they can just kind of... Everything has a name. Like, a Mother of Ultra's little little red horn she has there called Mother's Red. And like that weird bracelet is called Mother's Blue and stuff like that. It's, we don't need names for all these things. She's got a bracelet, man. Come on. It's like something Norman Bates would say. Oh, look, it's Mother's, Mother's Bracelet. Yeah. So, wait, wait. So Taro becomes a serial killer in the future. Yes. Starts wearing, um, <laughs> starts wearing Mother of Ultra's pigtails. Yes. <laughs> you know, it wears me out. What? He doesn't actually look that much like Mother of Ultra. It looks more like Seven than Mother. What if Ultras are actually androgynous and they just reproduce asexually? Yeah, I would assume that if we didn't already know they... It's weird they can reproduce sexually because how the heck does that work? I mean, in the sense that they're like they're only one sex, but they can they still reproduce sexually with each other. So I mean, imagine like seven and <laughs> ultra sorry. Yes, that's <laughs> that's terrifying. Oh no, it's ultra tumbler. I do like the uh, like the backstory for the ultras as well. But it's kind of weird how the entire race kind of decided one day as soon as they became superheroes. Hey, yeah, we should all use these powers responsibly and decently. Like like only Belial and Zero for a while thought of doing something selfish. What the hell? Surely they had to omit a lot of their history from the time everyone was like, hey, let's cause chaos. Yeah, they, they, uh, they didn't tell us about the Great Ultra Purge, in which they uh, excised all the, uh, the evil Ultras. What if there were just a few people who were like, no, I don't want it because superpowers might be bad, and they died on the planet, they just got fried by everything else. Oh, weren't, the, uh, weren't a lot of the monsters kind of mutated by the um, plasma spark as well, or something like that? Really? I've never heard that. I remember reading about it somewhere, like, um, like after the plasma spark was activated and the ultras were changed, like the light kind of branched out and like affected things and created a lot of monsters, and now the ultras were all like, well... Yes, we've got to deal with this and kind of make up for... I mean, I could be wrong, and maybe I'm misremembering something, but I do like that as an idea, kind of help explain why they fight so many monsters. It's like ultra guilt. Yeah. I think you mentioned earlier to me outside of the cast that Mother of Ultra's pigtails are a badge of honour. It's like Zoffy's um, little pins on his chest, something like that. Like, they're actually kind of medals. Why would you have uh, medals shaped like pigtails, you know? Another thing, she's a grown woman. Why is she wearing pigtails normally, you know? That's... I mean, not that they can't, but... Maybe she's entering menopause and she just wants to recapture her youth. Oh, maybe. Space menopause. Would be a nice culture where you can choose what shape the medals are. I'd go for, like, a big cod piece that just <laughs> looks really funky. Just thrust it at people. Uh, Ultra Conan. <laughs> yes. Oh, man, I really want that now. Like a, like an Ultraman, like a feral kind of ultra-barbarian type, just kind of waiting like a, a war across the galaxy. Ah, uh, true. But can, like, can Ultras grow a beard? Oh, yeah. Only after they're, like... 40,000 years, 400,000 years, something like that. Oh, so the more beard they have, the more powerful they are. It's like the inverse of Japanese beard logic. Yeah, which is weird, because Chuck, I don't think Chuck is older than um, Father, actually, and he's got, like, a uh, funky beard going on there. It's all the hormones in the milk. I think the only other Ultras that have facial hair is um, Ultraman King, which is basically God, and, and he's got, like, a very luscious kind of wavy beard going on and father of Ultra with his uh, with his lamb chops. Oh, he's got some sick burns going on. Wouldn't you do that if you had sick burns? Of course. What do you mean, like, grow to 50 feet tall and have massive horns? Sure, well, I'd do that it's too. It's the only reason to have sideburns. Why would you stay human-sized? One day when I can grow decent sideburns, I shall become an Ultra. You know, I really want to find some Zone Fighter footage. Yeah, it's... I can't actually find episodes of that, I don't think. I mean, I'm sure there's some out there. There, there must be. I really want to watch it, though, because of all the... Because uh, of all the stuff I read about on, like, the... Uh, Toho Kingdom oh, website. Oh, the joys of Toho oh, Kingdom. Oh, man. 
every I think every Godzilla fan kind of born after a certain point was baptized in Toho Kingdom uh, it's the good stuff it's still going surprisingly yeah unfortunately the forums are too I've done quite a lot of searching for the episodes but I just can't find one for the life of me and it's a massive shame because mm. I want to know what all this crap is about I want to see how they fitted the whole ultra family thing into everything I want to see the Godzilla stuff yeah didn't Zone Fight have a like a family with him like he came down with his family or something like that yeah it's really bizarre I hate the suit as well but I also at the same time like it's got too many colours and it clashes a bit for me like his like on his boots and gloves kind of half red and half green and then like his blue and silver on his body and stuff like it's weird why didn't they just make a Jet Jaguar TV show they, oh, had, they had the suit man. that would have been amazing I would kill a man <laughs> you, you were just declaring this now you'd kill a man for a Jet Jaguar show oh, I'd kill a man you just I mean, kill, if, if, you if just I got, kill a man, whatever. Yeah, I mean, if I got a Jet Jaguar TV show out of it, that's just icing on the cake. <laughs> <laughs> uh, do you think at the time Zone Fighter was released, there was some sort of neck-bearded, angry <laughs> Japanese ultra otaku who was like, no, that's just an obvious ripoff of Ultraman. Yeah. It's like, oh, people who for some reason get angry over... Oh, no, over... you mean like us with the ninja saying, oh, hey, that reminds me of Shinkenja. No, 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 no. <laughs> not that. I'm not talking drinking game fun times. I'm talking people for some reason getting frothingly angry. It's like Sentai purists in the West, how they think oh. Power Rangers is the devil um, any any purist this isn't you know i've got no bias one way or the other except against purists come on guys just chill it's, it's fun to argue on the internet but you guys take it way too far i mean I've, i showed you that kind of master post of all the um the cringy purist memes on oh, both sides God, of the yes. argument oh like uh, oh knock off rangers her, her, her. i mean don't get me wrong i mean Power Rangers has fluctuating quality, but you know, so does Sentai. You just gotta laugh. Yeah. Why are you getting frothy over a children's TV show? It's Go probably appeal, guys. Come on. Yeah, just laugh. <laughs> <laughs> we are human. The void inside us is now filled. <laughs> but yeah, no, Zone Fight would be great, especially the episodes with um, the Godzilla monsters in it. Oh, God, yeah. Then they gave Ghidorah gravity beams, which were then mentioned in just about every written piece. Yeah, I do I do love gravity beams as a, as a weapon, and as a name even as well. I hope, I hope, I hope, I hope for the uh, Godzilla King of Monsters, King of the Monsters, sorry, film, that they have the gravity beams in that. I love the way they modified Gigan. It's like, how do we make him better? Not chainsaw hands, but just attach bombs to his hands. Punch, bang. The doy. What else yeah. would you do? Chainsaw hands or chainsaw legs, chainsaw roundhouse kicks. It's oh, remember that filthy Frank video where we're talking about different, um, yeah, you know, with uh, Max Mofo and uh, oh, yes. Dubs. So we're talking about different uh, Edward such and such hands, Edward Watermelon hands, <laughs> John Cena hands. <laughs> Is that what they were playing when they were designing Gigan and that? What about Edward Blade hands? Edward Balm hands? Edward Chainsaw Hands. Are you implying that Filthy Frank went back in time? No, I'm implying that Filthy Frank is a universal constant. In every timeline, there is always a Joji. <laughs> what always seemed to weird me out in kaiju films is when they tried to go for the kid appeal approach, like in All Monsters Attack oh, slash no. Godzilla's Revenge. Again, why do they have something that the audience can relate to? You just bring this up to make me suffer, don't you? Yeah. Also, Pigmon. What, 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 what is Pigmon? Oh, come on. Now, Pigmon's fine. Pig why is Pigmon? You want a... Ah uh, no, it's just cute. He's like a like a mascot, like an unofficial mascot. You know, we, everyone loves Pigmon. Oh, what was the name of that monster that Young Taro played with? Dokun. Well, I, I wouldn't say play with. Uh, it's pretty funny. It's uh, Taro is just kind of messing around in this uh, little canyon thing. He's all like, "Yeah, I, I'm gonna be an Ultra Brother one day," <laughs> as if. And he's like, uh, throwing um, like uh, bolts up in the air, trying to zap him with his ray and missing. And then Dokun kind of. Uh, rocks up and just takes a mick out of him a bit and uh, you know just kind of laughs at him so Taro decides hey, I'm going to beat this animal up and that'll be great practice for being a, uh, for being an ultra 
Oh, Little okay. does he know that's great practice for being red man. <laughs> oh, bit of animal cruelty. Yeah, you know what they say about psychopaths? Like they always, uh, as kids, kind of torture animals. Keep an eye on Taro, okay? Just not pointing fingers, but just keep an eye on him. <laughs> that boy ain't right. <laughs> I tell you what, mother, that boy ain't right. And um, for a while, when I was watching, I was like, because yeah, Dokun is about the same size as, um, as like young Taro, so I thought, is there another kid in that? Because that looks, eh, yeah, that looks uncomfortable for a kid. Turns out it's actually the uh, the same suit actor that played Manila. It's got a little person in there. So is it Japanese Danny DeVito? <laughs> Does Japan have its own Danny DeVito, or do they just have several short people they stick in suits? I think Danny DeVito is like a like a member of a, a race of like magical um, like, magical men who kind of bring joy wherever they go, and each country has their own Danny DeVito. So, like fairies? Yeah, he's a fairy. Does this prove that Artemis Fowl was real and that, that Danny DeVito is just one who's famous? Okay, so breaking the show's theme completely, I just want to say that I want Danny DeVito to play Cornelius Root in an Artemis Fowl movie for no other reason than just to have Danny DeVito in an Artemis Fowl movie. And to have him jump cigars and yes. do his usual <laughs> rasp. And he doesn't even have to do an Irish accent, he just has to do his Danny DeVito voice. Oh well, yeah, I forget that everything's Irish. Well yeah, it's everything's Ireland in Artemis Fowl. Yeah. yeah, it's funny in those books. Ireland is always made to seem more important than it actually is. No, it's just Sorry, a place that Ireland. has the occasional religious war and <laughs> previous famine. <laughs> but no, uh, yeah, Dokun was pretty funny. His um, mother of Ultra turns up and um, gives Tara a little bit of a talk to him, uh, have some makeup with what is essentially just an animal that they uh, have kicking around the place. Same thing I do with my cat then. <laughs> Beat the thing up to establish dominance. <laughs> Poor Tigger. Yes, yeah, it's, it's, that's what I was talking about earlier. Saying, yeah, it's nice seeing stuff, more stuff around the uh, land of light. Okay. Weird that that doesn't actually look like an ultra though. Like it's just a little uh, little furry lizard thing. You'd expect it to be kind of all metallic and silver and red, you know? Does that sort of tie in with what you said about the yeah. land of light? Well, the plasma spark straight up messing with various animals. Could be, could be because Dokun, uh, the species of Dokun, are native to the land of light. So is this like Chernobyl? Did everyone else it's benefit? It's Space Chernobyl! Yeah, it's Space Chernobyl. Everyone else benefited, except for her. Hang on a tick. So does that mean if we go to Chernobyl, we'll find a race of uh, super... a race of ubermensch kind of trying to protect the Earth there? Yeah, Ultra Slavs. So you heard it here first, folks. The Land of Light is Space Chernobyl. That's quite depressing, actually, especially when it shows it in a more metropolitan light. Does that mean that Chernobyl, after the radiation settled in a few thousand years, we will build a great glass city upon it? Either that or it's like the future uh, land of ours, and that's just the Emerald City. Well, obviously, either way, it's going to be ruled by Space Putin. Of course. Do you think um, he'll get some sweet sideburns? And just grow some horns? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Space Putin. I'm down with that. Please, Putin, if you're Father of Putin. Putin is obviously listening to this, and he's thinking, ooh, maybe I should grow horns and be 80 feet tall. These birds on the internet have good idea. I should grow horns, yes. Trump, w would you like Would you like to be ultra? We shall hack We shall hack US uh, genes and make, make monsters out of them. We shall fight them, yes, and become superheroes. Wow. I shall hack myself to become ultra. I can't do a Donald Trump impression, so I, you're just going to have to do Putin monologues. We are going to make the Land of Light great again. We will build a great wall, and the monsters are going to pay for it. Didn't they just build the graveyard? We're going to build a great graveyard. We have the best graveyards. The best. They're going to be huge. Thinking about it, what if they're stuck in the graveyard and they can't emigrate to anywhere because the Border Patrol guy is Redman? No, 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 no. Uh, Mattis will become the equivalent of Redman. No. <laughs> Just, just hunting down immigrants. <laughs> <laughs> oh, just imagining Ultra Mattis and Ultra Pence. <laughs> oh man, so Pence would have like, uh, like Ultra, like his beam would be like uh, electric rays or something like that. 
Why haven't Paul done this yet? I haven't seen Paul fan out of we need, we need Paul and M to just merge just for this one thing. Please give this to us. Use meme magic to make it a thing. And so, since we've descended into meme madness, it's a good time to end this podcast. This has been a particularly fun discussion one, as we've got a lot of our views on Q-Ranger ahead. It's, oh boy. It's looking good. Absolutely. At some point, we'll get to X-Aid. Eventually. Eventually. Probably not. When the sun burns out and there is no more tokusatsu. When Ultra Putin has taken over the world. <laughs> this episode has been brought to you by tokutoystore.com. Check the link in the descriptions below to have a look at what they've got. They've got a decent selection out. And so this has been Rex. Stay fabulous. Keep on memeing, comrades.